Welcome to another episode of the ABLE podcast. I am so excited to have Taryn Jerez on with us. Taryn is the founder of One Crafty Miss. Taryn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to just dive into a good conversation. I know. I'm so excited. You are a brand expert, a creative coach, a speaker, a wife, a mom, like so many things. It's hard to even put them all into one sentence. Um, If you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself before we dive into your story and your journey into motherhood. Sure. Um, I feel like it's funny when you hear someone else like read your bio or say different things about you and you're like, wow, I do a lot of things, but I feel like that's all moms. Like whether you're a business owner or have a full-time job or stay-at-home mom, our resume is like a million miles long and it changes daily, it feels. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I, like she said, I'm Taryn Drez. I am a creative business coach on the professional end. Um, So that is what I get to spend my time doing in my business is working with just awesome makers and creatives. I help them with having more confidence in their business, having more clarity, understanding what doesn't need to be on their plate anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And as time has changed, I work a lot more with moms too, which is really exciting um, and getting to see how to make their business thrive in a way that honors them and their family's boundaries and the schedule that they're looking for. Um, and yeah, I'm the mom to a two-year-old, which is insane. Um, so our son Isaiah just turned two and all the cheesy things that everyone tells you about how fast time goes, it's all true. All of it we have discovered. Um, I'm over in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And so my husband and I love to just like hang out when we have downtime to ourselves, even with Isaiah, go for walks. I love doing DIY projects in our house. I will craft with a glue gun in my hand and scissors and glitter any chance I get. And that's, (laughs) you know, fewer and far between now being a mom with everything Mm -hmm. with business. But when I can, that's like my happy place. Yeah, totally. And you and I met on Instagram like two years ago Yeah, and just chatting on DMs. And then I can't even remember when you launched Empower for Profit Collective, but then I had joined that space that you created and we'll definitely get into that later, but that is just like such a cool program that you made. And I've connected with so many other amazing women because of you. So I'm proud of everything that you have done and accomplished. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's funny how like DM conversations can lead to so much. Like I have so many people who are like close friends of mine now or have become clients and then friends and just through like Instagram. And it's amazing. Like we can get Mm -hmm. very overwhelmed with social media sometimes, but there's a lot of really good parts to it too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to have you here today to talk about your journey into motherhood. I know your story isn't like the easiest thing, but I thought it would be really awesome to share with the able podcast audience. So I would love to hear a little bit, maybe about you and your husband's relationship before we even dive into how you decided to start a family. Yeah. So I, our, our relationship is very different. I think than a lot of people we met when we were 15 years old. Um, (laughs) if you had asked me when I was 15, like about marriage and like when I get married and have a family and I was like, oh, I'll probably get married like 
in my thirties and I'm going to focus on my <laughs> career and I'm going to have kids maybe when I'm like in my forties, like I was mm-hmm. like always that mindset. And then in walks this kid, like trombone player and on drumline got transferred to my high school sophomore year. And I'm like, what a weirdo. Like I didn't, (laughs) he showed up at band camp like day one. And I was like, who is that? And all of my friends that I had made freshman year knew him because they had all gone to middle school together. And I was introduced to my husband, Leo. Um, Mm -hmm. And we became really good friends. And in a couple of months, we went to sophomore homecoming together. And then that was it. And we started dating and yeah. And now it's like insane to think that we've known each other more than half our lives now at 33. And I don't know, just kind of crazy, but we're really lucky. And we see that in so many ways, but a lot of couples as they get older, I mean, I am not who I was at 15, 16, yeah. 17, even 24. Like mm-hmm. I, we're so not the same people, but we've grown together mm-hmm. as we've grown up, which is really amazing that we didn't grow apart. And I don't know. There's nights even now where like, we'll put Isaiah down for bed and we'll like lay in bed and we'll just like crack up and laugh over things. And I'm like, I feel like, I don't know, like when you're at a sleepover as a kid, you're going to get in trouble for like giggling all night. Like I, we still have moments like that. And it makes, I'm just really grateful because we are seriously best friends. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. And I feel like I did know that about you, but Chris and I also met in high school. We were, Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We were 18 when we started dating. (laughs) That's so crazy. So, uh, that's awesome. Not many people can relate to that. Stat. Okay. So how old were you when you got married? I think we were 25, 26. Okay. Yeah. So you wait, so we met 15. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get married later on in life. We'll probably date a bunch of people as we get older. No, stay at the same boyfriend through college, everything. We got married when we were 21. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So we definitely did not want kids like at 21. Like that was, Oh yeah. Leo was, I had just graduated like I, we got married in September and I left for New York. Um, I want to say a month and a half later for six mm-hmm. months for an internship. Oh, wow. and I, so it was crazy. And then Leo was still finishing his degree. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we were young, we wanted to travel, do things. Yeah. So, and then every time we were like, oh yeah, we're going to start a family at this age, at this age, it kept pushing mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would say around like 27, 28, the conversation really was coming up a lot and Mm -hmm. I'm a planner and I think Courtney, you're Mm -hmm. a little bit of a planner. Yes. Yes. So for me, I just kept waiting for this perfect time. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to get to this time where it's fine. Like, yes. But at the end of the day, there's never going to be a perfect time to be like, yes, I would love to suddenly make my life completely different. All about Mm -hmm. somebody else, all about. So I'm like, it's never going to be a perfect time. And we just kind of decided we're like let's just do this like and if it's meant to be and and I'm like we waited this whole time and yeah and so that was kind of how we decided to start our family is after a lot of discussions and Mm -hmm. deciding like it's just never going to be the right time let's just do it literally yeah Yeah. you know it's like okay we'll see what happens and Mm -hmm. and I don't go into anything lightly and so as much as I wanted to be the Oh yeah. Just let, let's just be go with the flow. Like, yeah. Go with the flow. Absolutely not. It was like month two. And I'm like, let me download an app. Let me start mm-hmm. figuring out how to track things. Let's I'm online looking things up. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone really ever just goes, hey, I'll just, we'll just wait and see it really. Totally. No, I got so you're like yeah. mentally attached to immediately, mm-hmm. like immediately. And I didn't expect mm-hmm. that from myself. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I should. Yeah. Yeah. So then from there, like how did that journey progress? So we are also 
my, it's funny because our family would say this, we're very private about a lot of things, which you'd mm-hmm. be like, Taryn, you're on a podcast talking about these things. <laughs> At the, but there's like, we, we're the kind of people, like when we were buying a house, we t- shared with our parents when we signed and everything was like ready. We weren't like, mm-hmm. oh, we're in the process. Like, I don't know if it's because we don't love opinions. <laughs> yeah. just kind of keep things to ourselves. We trust our opinions. And mm-hmm. so with that, like, I didn't really share with my big sister who's like one of my best friends in my whole life and like Mm -hmm. my grandma or my mom or I didn't really share anything and so we um have been trying and within I want to say within six months um had gotten pregnant and it was very unexpected honestly like I had been traveling for work and was out of the country in Taiwan for two weeks and I thought that I was just having really bad like what do you call that oh my gosh when you get off the plane like the time change and everything Oh, like, just, like jet lag and stuff. Yes, like I and yeah. I always get sick after being out of the country for a while every time. So mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, I'm just sick. And and then yeah. New Year's Day, I found out I was pregnant. And oh, wow. so that was uh in 2018. And yeah. we found out, and within the same day that I found out, I experienced really heavy bleeding and just a lot of craziness and called the doctor, was up the entire night because it's New Year's Day, no one's mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. Um and they got me in first thing the next morning and we had found out that that pregnancy was probably not viable. And so it was a, a lot of emotions at once. And I feel yeah. like I didn't really grab onto everything necessarily happening in that moment. I think I was just so, cause just the influx of like excitement mm-hmm. to devastation immediately was yeah. just so much and no one knew. So I didn't tell anyone except Leo and it was just a lot. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, the first time that we got pregnant, ended very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, that process was just a lot. It was, I will say for anyone who has experienced loss, whether it's for me, we found out around like five, six weeks. And I mm-hmm. did not find out that officially that pregnancy was definitely not viable and that I was actually having an ectopic pregnancy until a few weeks later, I had to keep going for blood work every oh, wow. single week, knowing this probably is not Jeez. happening. And, um, we had to make a lot of difficult decisions and it was just Mm -hmm. a lot emotionally, but I will say like, whether you find out at 20 something weeks or you find out at three weeks or whatever, like grief is grief and Mm -hmm. loss is loss. And like, I feel like I have so many women now that I've been open about that experience and talk to where people will tell me like, oh, I mean, they've experienced, but they'll say, well, it was only at, you know, eight weeks think, you know, it was only eight weeks. So I guess, you know, other people have it worse or, oh, this was only at 12 weeks. And I know someone who had it 20 something. And I'm like, listen, like valleys are valleys. Like it is, mm-hmm. there's no way to guard your heart when it comes to a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like there just isn't, you know, that like mm-hmm. it's you're immediately your vision for what the future is immediately changes. Mm-hmm. And then when that loss happens, it changes again. And it's just so hard. And the shifts happening in your body, you're like yeah. emotionally connected to that pregnancy, no matter what stage it's at. Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah. physically, there's so many things I feel like emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, like mm-hmm. it's just a really deep feeling of loss and, and questioning. And so, I mean, that was my intro into motherhood really was yeah. that very first um, pregnancy. And it took us a, a long time to mentally feel ready. Mm-hmm. Um, to start trying again. And we got, and we did share with family because there was a lot of health risks involved with the chapter pregnancy. And so, um, our family didn't know we were trying. And then I had yeah. to, rather than being excited to surprise them with the pregnancy, I had to call and talk to them and, and 
share it. Hey, this is what the situation is. And, Mm -hmm. and of course they were heart sick for us and they felt terrible. And yeah, but, um, we ended up starting to try again, um, Mm -hmm. later on felt positive about it, kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, nothing was happening. A lot of friends and family members were getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, during that time I've lost, honestly, anyone who's ever felt that like arrow of why not me? Um, my best friend, my sister and my sister-in-law all got pregnant at the same time. Oh my God. So that was a little, a little difficult, but we, I felt like I had a lot of like development during that time. (laughs) And like, I knew how much I really did want this family. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we kept trying and, you know, anyone who's ever had a hard time, doctors have a lot of different opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, I really learned about being an advocate for my health during that entire season um, of what ended up being a season of infertility for us. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a lot of, oh, you've gotten pregnant before, you're young, you're healthy. Like, and I'm like, well, then why isn't anything happening? And then after a full year of nothing happening, I was like, something's wrong. Like, come (laughs) on, like something's, this isn't normal. I got pregnant before within this amount of time, what's going on? Um, So I really pushed for an ultrasound and some testing. And, um, I'm not a stranger to being an advocate for my health. I've learned a lot from my mom because she's does a phenomenal job for herself with that, um, with her lupus and and other like health issues she's had, but she Mm -hmm. also advocated beautifully for me as a child because I had cancer as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, I've always had that at the forefront of my mind, like push for answers, push for things that you need because people won't always take that seriously. Um, and they did an ultrasound and immediately saw that my left fallopian tube was like completely inflamed and crazy from the ectopic I had had. Oh my goodness. From the ectopic pregnancy, no one, they, they typically don't go in for an ultrasound unless you're like bleeding out or having major issues or, and so they went in she was like, it should be like a pencil. Yours is like Mm -hmm. a highlighter. Like it is (gasps) insane. She's like, so anytime that you may have had like a, an egg implant or that Mm -hmm. fallopian tube is kicking anything even possible from you getting pregnant on that side. And I was like, oh, okay. So um, yeah, we ended up making the decision to remove that tube and doing mm-hmm. surgery. And so um, that was a huge part of our journey was making that decision. And they were like, if we go in and we see other things, do you want us to take like everything? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. like mentally prepared for that. So just yeah, leave it. And then talk to me after, but luckily mm-hmm. it was just my tube. They removed it. And then we kind of you know, kept waiting and praying. And Mm -hmm. they were like, if you get to a year, then we can start talking about IVF and stuff and different adoption and different options. So, um, I mean, obviously I shared that we have a very healthy, wonderful two-year-old boy now. Um, we scheduled our first IVF appointment because Mm -hmm. the wait list can be really crazy. We got the Mm -hmm. referral, we had appointments scheduled and then literally, um, they called to confirm the appointment. And I was like, I am at an ultrasound for a seven week pregnancy. So it was so crazy. Like, oh my goodness. I was like, today we were getting an ultrasound for our, oh gosh, sorry. Um, but yeah, like (laughs) crazy, like, and it was supposed to be like confirming our IVF appointment. So just insane how the world works. But, um, but yeah. And so I ended up pregnant and what's crazy too, is that I had been waiting to go full time in my business for so Mm -hmm. long, like waited way too long. Finally was like, okay, calculated risk taker. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going full time. I gave my notice for my part-time that I had been balancing like with it. Mm -hmm. And then a week later I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I was like, what? Like the two biggest prayers that I had been like, 
all right, full-time business, baby. Like these are two things mm-hmm. I'd worked and prayed. And, and it was just so weird how they both like happened at the exact same time. Yeah. So, you just kind of let it all go and went for it. And then yeah, it all it happened. Like Leo's like, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> it was just so much at once, but um, just a lot of blessings at once, which was great, but it was a really crazy time. And then obviously yeah. I got pregnant in um, October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So then of course my pregnancy was all during shutdown, like quarantine yeah. and pandemic and, but still what savored everything that I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. How wild. And during that period of like struggling with the pregnancy, how were you coping with that while you had a career and starting your own business? There are times where I will, I like this, I know there's a, it's a difficult answer, but honestly, I have told my husband this and I'm like, I, I feel like this sounds so weird to say out loud, mm-hmm. but I'm very grateful for my miscarriage in weird ways. Like I'm not grateful for that loss necessarily, but I'm grateful for the perspective that it then gave us as a family, that yeah. it gave me the appreciation that I had for certain things that I maybe didn't have prior to that. Um, I think that a lot of the just feelings of scarcity and nervousness to invest in myself and to go after things. And I think I was in a job where my full-time corporate design job was wonderful. I loved the people I worked with. It was stressing me out beyond belief. My anxiety was through the roof. I was really struggling. I was having panic attacks a lot. Mm. It was not where I wanted to be. And when I had gotten pregnant the first time I was still at that job while I was building my business, I was working literally all the time. You were not stopped. I was, and when I would travel out of the country or to New York, I would still be working with my laptop on my business in between my corporate job. It was insane. Yeah. And I really feel like that season of loss gave me that perspective where I'm like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I just needed something else to hold on to. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you had, if that pregnancy had been successful, if you get pregnant again, is this what you want life to look like? Is, are you going to be able to be in your best mental and physical health for this baby that you're praying for. And I really couldn't answer that with a yes. And mm-hmm. so it really challenged me. And I ended up giving, I said I would leave in August. And then that June, I ended up getting, finding a part-time um, social media and like engagement management position for a nonprofit for entrepreneurs. Oh, nice. Super aligned with what my business yeah. is doing. And they knew, I already knew the people, they knew about my business. So it worked out really well where I was able to give my notice for my corporate job, go down to part-time for the nonprofit while I kept building my coaching business. Mm -hmm. And it really like, I think I just went all in because mentally I was really having a hard time with not being pregnant and trying so hard to be healthy and doing everything that I needed to do for my body to make it, you know, a good host for a baby. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think I did that. And I definitely had some friends that I opened up a lot to where women are amazing. I mean, we both know that like yeah. having women that are a soft place to land when things are really hard, that you have zero filter, that you don't need to be the Instagram worthy person. You don't need to share your wins. You can be like, I am a hot mess. And I just mm-hmm. need someone to share that with. That is what I held on to in those months. Like, because yeah. building my business and everything, I was also scared at that point to be openly honest about the season I was in. Mm-hmm. because I think, and it's such a bad mentality, but I think that we talk about being, you know, open and honest and vulnerable online and, but to a point, 
And Mm -hmm. I think at that stage, I was still nervous about showing this big season of loss that I'm in and this hardships that I'm having while being like, yes, trust me with your business and being encouraging Mm -hmm. and your cheerleader. And like, no one's going to want to book me if I'm taught. And that's such a horrible thing to think, but that's really where I was. And so being able to focus on growing my business while having female friendships who've either experienced loss also, or Mm -hmm. even if they are not even a mom, I had some friends who were just phenomenal with like just showing up even if it was sending a meal or dropping off ice cream or, you know, just checking in and saying, Hey, I don't know what the right thing to say is, but I know that you're still hurting. I'm thinking of you like months later. And it meant the world knowing like that's everything when you're in those seasons, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that was really wonderful for those friendships to be able to really be there. That's amazing. And also what a beautiful lens to view that miscarriage through, because I can't even imagine like the rabbit holes you could go down in your mind and being able to shift that mentality and see that there are silver linings and everything. And maybe things happen for a reason and kind of changing your life based on that. It's just, it's so hard because when those things happen, it's so easy to just sink really deep down. And there were definitely Mm -hmm. weeks that felt like that. There were moments of I mean, I literally, I don't know if this is TMI, but there was a time where like, I love my sister-in-law and if she were to listen to this, she would remember this. But um, I got a text while I was at my day job that she was pregnant with her second baby mm-hmm. while I was like teaching something. And I happened to look at my phone and she had texted the news and she was trying to be considerate. And and I told work I had to go. I left, I drove to my husband's work, oh, texted gosh. him that I'm in the parking lot and I need, and I like lost it. Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone walked by that car, like I was like a crazy lady, but I was, it was just so hard. And I'm like, why? And then you, you know, you do go through rabbit holes, even if you're being positive where you're like, is it because I'm not going to be a good mom? Is it because we're not deserving? Is it because there's something that, you know, the universe or God, or someone's trying to tell me like, we're pushing for this to happen and it's still not working when you see so many people posting pregnancy announcements and going to baby showers and, it can feel really hard. And so I think in those seasons, it was just like, you have to grab on to who you can, that's Mm going to be uplifting and that positive voice. And you need to grab onto what you can and pour yourself into some kind of distraction, I think, yeah. or it becomes like almost obsessive. Like it's really Mm -hmm. easy to just let the darkness get darker. So I need to like lighten things up. I needed something else that made me feel positive. And I had Mm -hmm. another identity outside of just infertility. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. want that to be the only part of me in those years, like yeah. that, that waiting person, you know, like yeah. I'm just always waiting for this to happen. And I was like, you have to focus elsewhere. So I think mm-hmm. that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And that's really good advice too, for anyone that may be going through something like that to be able to open up to people you love and people close to you, because you shouldn't have to bottle those things in. And people are way more understanding than you realize. Like, it's so scary to share just how upset you are or how devastating. Cause some people may not get it. Mm-hmm. Even if they've experienced it, everyone handles things differently. Yeah. Um, but give your people the benefit of the doubt, tell them what you need to. Some people are at a loss and they want to help, but they have no idea what you need. Yeah. So it's okay. If you're like, I don't need advice right now. I just need someone to vent to, <laughs> or totally. I just need someone to come and have wine with me or <laughs> watch Netflix or, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's just some things. And it's also okay to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing. I, I love my family. I love my friends. There were times where like, I had to unfollow certain accounts. I had to unblock mm-hmm. certain things because 
seeing the pregnancies, seeing baby showers, seeing announcements and cute onesies. And it was too much a lot. And where Mm -hmm. I would have a really good day, I knew the smallest thing could just set me off. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think just reminding yourself, like whatever you need in any kind of season of life, it's okay to set boundaries. There is nothing wrong with protecting your own mental health by like unfollowing or unsubscribing or whatever, because social it's in your hand a lot. And very quickly, your mindset could change and crumble that day because of something. So if you, you know, can't go and you have to RSVP no to a baby shower and you send a beautiful gift in a card, that's okay. Like you need to do what is good for you. Absolutely. Gosh, you go through all that and now you're, you're pregnant with Isaiah. Yeah. How was that transition? I mean, you moved into your own career and you were pregnant during a pandemic, like wild. What, what was that like? It's probably exactly how you think it was. <laughs> like, it was crazy town. Like, but okay, so I found out I was pregnant on Halloween, which is really funny because my That's first cool. my my first pregnancy I found out on New Year's Day, and I'm like, what is going on? And then my due, my due date was Fourth of July. <laughs> so, oh my god, isn't that weird? Like, yeah, so odd. Uh, so I was like, oh, all these celebratory dates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found out on Halloween and I like just had a weird thing. I was like, maybe I'm like, no, like I've taken like 70 something tests in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like no. And it was like a movie. Like I just stared and I'm oh like, my gosh, like no one was home. It was like 440 or something in the afternoon. I remember this because I immediately called, like, I was like, no way this isn't happening. Like, no. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, and I called the doctor as I'm like throwing shoes on, grabbing a bra. I was like, oh my God. And I called him like, can I come in and get a blood test? Like right now. And they're like, we're closing in 10. I was like, I'll be there. I'll be there. And so I like ran in and the staff was dressed as like the three blind mice. And my oh nurse my was like snow white and had, it was hilarious. So I didn't tell my husband for like days, which is the only time I have been able yeah. to keep a secret. It was crazy. So found out we ended up sharing with family in November, which was so emotional and amazing. And everyone's mm-hmm. reactions were just beautiful and hilarious. And yeah. Um, but yeah, like I definitely had a, at least a month or so of that joy kind of tucked in mm-hmm. and fear kind of traveling front seat. Mm-hmm. Um just because, you know, I was very cautious and I'm a cautious mm-hmm. person in general. So, well, and it was trauma that you experienced. Yeah. And I just was so nervous. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't want to, like, what if we get excited? What I'm already attached? Like, what? And my husband was just like, if something happens, do you want to feel like we didn't have joy over this baby? He's like, if something would have, do you want to, I don't want to miss out on the joy we could mm-hmm. be feeling right now. And it yeah. was true. And I yeah. had, um, one of my super close friends had always been that other person that I could talk with who was also going through infertility for years mm. and telling her I was so nervous because yeah. we're so close and we've gone through these valleys together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I going to tell the person who we've been able to share everything with? Like, how do I tell her mm-hmm. that like, we're not going to have that shared anymore? Like I'm, I'm pregnant and I know she'll be happy, but, and honestly, she was so amazing and mm-hmm. had the best advice. And she was like, Taryn, I know you, and I know you're going to have so much fear and you're going to be so worried. But she was like, take the pictures, you know, take bump pictures, touch your belly, go to appointments, share with people, do an announcement. She's like, don't waste this time in fear because who knows, this could be your only pregnancy. Mm-hmm. This could be, which, you know, and it, 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 it like a switch went off. And I was like, yeah. she's so right. Like, I'm so lucky 
like look at the last three and a half years that we've gone through like I am so happy and so I do think that mentality helped as the entire world started shutting down yeah oh my gosh yeah super scary so all of the like maternity clothes that I purchased (laughs) still have tags on them a lot of them like we were just home like yeah like I hosted this huge women's panel event I was like five months pregnant maybe so I hosted this big panel event it was wonderful and the very next day, North Carolina completely shut down due to COVID. And we're like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh, Leo got sent home from work. Okay. You'll be home with me for a couple of weeks. And, mm-hmm. and then as we all know, the weeks mm-hmm. just kept going. My husband literally, it is September, 2022 as we're recording. He still works from home. <laughs> like Same. Everything changed. Yeah, Chris like, does too. <laughs> it's crazy. He'll go into the office like once in a blue moon. But yeah. it's so funny how like everything changed. But like. During that time, I had looked forward to the season for so long mm-hmm. and it ended up looking very different as everything does in motherhood, <laughs> looked yeah. very different than what I had thought. You know, it was a lot of um, Zoom calls. Uh, I, I wasn't, the state was shut down to travel. So I wasn't able to go home to Florida for my baby shower. We had to do everything. We did a virtual baby shower, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was it was lovely. My sister and my mom rocked it like for virtual. Mm-hmm. They even sent decorations for me to put behind me. Aww. My grandma had a cake ordered and delivered for us. Like, but like right before the shower started, like I'm in a beautiful dress and I'm like, it's just me and Leo alone. Yeah. And we're like five seconds where I'm supposed to turn the video on. I was like, nobody's coming. <laughs> It was so sad. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. I was like, this is the saddest thing ever. Oh like, my gosh. But And then I like went on Zoom and said hi. And it was like, yeah. you know, amazing. And, but yeah. it was just a very different season. And yeah. I will say the nursery that my son is in was a labor of love and kept mm-hmm. our sanity. Like we, yeah. I love our, his nursery. I'm like, don't know if you're ever getting a big boy room because mommy and daddy forever put their heart and soul into that room because there was nothing else to do. Like that was it, man. Like we did so, we couldn't even go to stores like North Carolina shut down for a long time. So we ended up like building a table for, we like couldn't even go to like a Marshall's or something. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So it was, you know, it was weird, but I will say, um, social media as frustrating as it can be. Sometimes I did get to connect a lot with other like pregnant women who were going Mm -hmm. through the pandemic pregnant and mm-hmm. having to take virtual birthing classes or nursing classes or so mm-hmm. I ended up building a separate community that I hadn't had and I do yeah. think it helped me connect more even just like with other business owners who were also going through that it was really mm-hmm. nice to have that community totally yeah I mean that's amazing and then how from there did you start to balance like mom life and one crafty miss well I will say I had a plan. I had such a great plan on paper, Courtney. <laughs> I'm, I'm it, sure you did. It sounded so good to me not being a mom prior. And then immediately was like, well, that was not at all what I should have written down. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, in fact, just tear up the whole paper. <laughs> like, it was very different. Um, I think what helped a lot is getting through, I did take time for maternity leave, which was the very first time mm-hmm. since like 2016 that I had taken any kind of real break that was like definite and announced. Mm-hmm. And I made sure I did that. Should it have been a little bit longer? Yes. 
And now <laughs> I know that. And I tell, I work a lot with other women now who are planning their maternity leaves in their business. And mm-hmm. I'm always like, listen, let's talk about this. <laughs> so totally. I make sure it's a little longer than they think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing was just communication with Leo was -hmm. talking to him about like, these are the needs, like I have to have this time or we need to figure out this or Mm -hmm. like, what could this look like? Um, Because there's so much, you're doing everything for this little baby. And -hmm. it's so easy to like, let your needs or your business or work or kind of get in the shuffle. And so it was really nice to be able to talk and be like, this is all right, let's have a game plan. Even if the plan literally changes daily, like Mm -hmm. let's figure this out. Um, and I definitely had to be more intentional about what I was doing and where my time was going in my business. And I yeah. felt like I was doing a good job of that prior. And I really wasn't, I was definitely still having offers in my business that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. I was doing way more outreach than I probably needed to be doing rather than really honing in on like, what do you ultimately want to be known for? What do you ultimately want to help these women with? Mm-hmm. And what could that look like that honors what you're trying to do at home? Cause also pandemic, we didn't have a childcare option for until he was about eight months. Yeah. So he was home. And then we ended up deciding to bring in a nanny two days a week. And mm-hmm. so someone was here so I could do client calls. Cause I do like one-on-one business coaching over zoom usually. Mm-hmm. So I could still have my one-on-one client appointments while someone was with Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of figuring things out and letting go of some stuff that I didn't necessarily want to let go of, but I knew it was the right thing. And then once I did, so good. Like, yeah. I was oh, like, for oh my sure. gosh, like, why were you doing this before? <laughs> and, you know, and just like having the time and recognizing there's times where I have to still, still, whether it was new, new mom version of me or, you know, two-year version of me, mm-hmm. there's moments where I need to hit pause for a second and look and be like, this is everything that you prayed for, for so long, mm-hmm. even in the midst of screaming child, dirty diapers, clients, yeah. like all the craziness that happens with children. Like, mm-hmm. and it really does help me to be like, all right, take a second. This isn't stuff you have to do. This is stuff you get to do. Yeah. It all puts it in perspective. It does. And there's, there's moments that, you know, Leo and I'll sit and we'll talk about that. And he's like, I can't believe like, this is where we are. I'm like, I know, like, how did we get here? <laughs> and whether it's, you know, with my business and with flexibility and with Isaiah, and I will say I work less now than I used to. Mm-hmm. And there's trade-offs for that for sure. But I look and like, I've even asked Leo, would you prefer me working at my corporate job and making my corporate salary versus, you know, the job I have now? Mm -hmm. And does that ever cross your mind? He's like, literally never. He's like, you are, he's like, you are the best version of you at this stage. And that like kills me because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like if I hadn't left that job, if I hadn't, I don't know what Mm -hmm. would have happened. And it's just not like, I can tell mentally. Like, yeah, I am at a different place and I feel like I can serve my family better. I can serve my clients better myself Mm -hmm. because I'm not as like stretched as thin because we Mm -hmm. do feel like we have to do everything and show up everywhere. And it's not true. Yeah. And I love that you kind of have been through all of these different life experiences, sifting through your services and setting boundaries because that translates to your clients so well. Cause I know me being a part of the empower for profit collective, you had such good advice about setting up boundaries and changing my services to better fit my needs, because I'm always doing things like in hustle mode when they're sleeping or watching a movie or something. So I would love to talk about empowered for profit a little bit too, because yeah. that's amazing. And you do, I think you do a great job with the boundary stuff. And I feel like you have pivoted so much in ways that honor 
not only what feels good, but like, I don't know, I feel like you're so joyful in what you do and like your brand has that shine through it. Like, thank you. I just feel like it's very authentic. Like you can tell whether it's the stuff with your family or the podcast or your product line, like it just feels, it has that positivity to it. And I think that's what people don't realize with boundary setting. It's not to keep other things out. It's like to let you shine more because you're not, you're not resentful. Like you're not spending time doing things that you're resentful on. Instead, you're like, this is what I want to be doing. This is what I feel led and called Mm -hmm. to do. It's so much better when you have those boundaries. It just takes time to figure out what the heck they are. Yeah, totally. And how did you come up with the Empower for Profit Collective? So I knew that I wanted to offer a group program, had no idea what it was going to be, but I did know (laughs) I want something as a group because the one constant in my business over the years was always creatives and community. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I never feel better in my business than when I am surrounded by other creative women ever. Mm -hmm. Like that is, it is the most like on fire feeling. And I see the power of other women when they're together and mm-hmm. what that community can do when you have the accountability and just meaningful conversations and you can be honest and vulnerable. And I've had done that in person a lot. Like I've hosted big workshops yeah. or I had um, a monthly event in North Carolina for three years called Cupcakes and Creatives. And so once a month we had a speaker on a different topic and we'd all meet. And and when the pandemic happened, that came to a screeching halt. Like mm-hmm. I literally had the last big event and the next day the state shut down, like I said. So it was like a really big pivot. And I had been thinking about the group program and during maternity leave, I was like, if you're going to do this, do it now. And there were reasons to help others, but it was also for me because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, everything we offer, we should enjoy. And I knew if I continue scaling my business with one-on-one services, I only have so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want time with my child. I want time, you know, to breathe. Totally. I lo- and I'm like, I would rather do like one to many. And be able to take that same coaching service and everything, but like bring it into a community and be able to serve multiple women at once and have them connect to each other and have that Mm -hmm. collective experience. So that's kind of like origin story, like where that came from. And then um, I started surveying, which if anyone's listening, who is a business owner, polls, surveys, market research, any of Mm -hmm. that, the best thing when you feel stuck, it really is. Because sometimes we're digging so deep to find out what do we want to offer and the answers are there and you get that Mm -hmm. validation and it can really help you pivot beautifully and it's Mm -hmm. free to do, (laughs) you know, like it's an awesome resource that you're not even paying for. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started doing just a lot of polling and stuff on Instagram and stuff for my audience. And then I created a survey and I sent that survey out. I got way more feedback than I thought. And I didn't tell them what I was making. And that was the key Mm because I don't want to lead anyone to answer what they think I want to hear. Mm-hmm. that's a big part is just ask questions. Let's see what they say. <laughs> and when I kept saying like, what are your thoughts on this? Or what, you know, what are the things that you most want to learn? Or where do you struggle the most? Or when it comes to community, what does that look like to you? And all these different things. And I got those answers and it was so beautiful. Cause I'm like, this is literally what I wanted to hear, but I didn't tell people that. <laughs> yeah. And it was just that validation I needed. Like, this is what you're feeling called to do. And there is a want in your market for it. So I ended up doing it. And I will say this was the biggest, I, this was the most I had ever outsourced in my business is I knew as a mom, I have a yeah. lot going on. And so I made an investment to have the website done, the sales page. I had someone create my funnel for me, all these different things. And it was so nice. Like I was terrified yeah. to do that, 
because I like to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I needed that to have that freedom. So it was really nice to be able to partner with someone amazing and and have her work on those things. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I was able to launch and it, I have never, I love my one-on-one clients. I love them. They're wonderful. Mm -hmm. Those women are incredible. There is something really special about working in the empowered for profit collective for me. Like I love hearing the feedback from the, from the girls in it. And like, I loved having you as a member mm-hmm. on my end. I feel like you guys don't always see what's going on for me, but like I hang up those calls sometimes and I'm like beaming and I could have mm-hmm. had the crappiest day. Like I, I could have yeah. been like exhausted, run around stickiness from Isaiah all over me, like all sorts of things. And I just, I've never felt more called to do something. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm very yeah. blessed to see when women are like opening up to each other and sharing and just challenging each other. It's been really, really cool. Yeah. And I have to say that space you created is so safe and beautiful because I'm just going to bring this up because it's so special to me and in my yeah. heart, but it, as a part of the membership, I was given like a one-on-one coaching call with you. And that was the first time I had ever vocalized my irreplaceable line ever. And that was just like, I could cry about this right now, but it was just like the, you were such a safe space for me. And that community was, um, so thank you for that because you created something so beautiful. (laughs) Oh my gosh, guys. Um, I felt like I didn't mean to get so emotional, but but that was just like such a beautiful, really like pivotal moment for me in my own business was like being able to talk to you about that. And you were such a safe space for that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like you have no idea how fulfilling that feels to feel like I could give you that. And like, uh, I love hearing that and seeing what you've done with that, the advocacy that you've had through that, the journey that you've helped other people go on the way, like I feel like you probably don't even know how many other people who may maybe haven't shared with you what that's meant to hear your own story, the Mm -hmm. impact that that's making and the freedom and permission that you're able to then give all these other people who've been through these situations or have a loved one who has, or it was just, I don't know. I feel like that's when purpose intersects with like profitability ideas and Mm -hmm. things. I always tell people like, if you don't know what to do and you want to start a business or you want a collection or it's like, find the thing that you feel called to do. And that is where, oh my God, that's where you're going to soar. If you're just doing it for, oh, this seems profitable. That's, that's going to fail. Like it just Mm -hmm. is. And I feel like you had so much passion and like purpose in that. And that was a scary thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, that was a scary thing for you to launch and to share with family and then put out there. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you knew the cost. You're like, if I don't do this, like, mm-hmm. I felt like you just knew the power in it for other people mm-hmm. and the impact you could make. Totally. And I feel like everyone in that, um, collective group, everyone is so passionate about their own thing. And it's so beautiful and inspiring to see that in everyone else. So I love the empowerful profit collective. So thank you for sharing that with thank us. You. And I, I don't know, just you sharing that is so I'm going to hold on to that for a while. <laughs> like that's so <laughs> Good, beautiful. Because it was, and it was amazing. I love that. And the girl, like in that membership, it's a small intimate membership. My goal is never to have like hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And that is not a Taryn offer. <laughs> like that is yeah. never what I want. I want it to be intimate and safe. And I, we had a, a newer member in the last two months and she like teared up and like cried a little bit on a call because mm-hmm. it's a vulnerable, your business, you hold your business close to your heart, man. Totally. It is, you're not, when you're not working for someone else, I mean, this is all of you going into this thing that you're working on and it's like your other little baby. 
and mm-hmm. she like got teared up and she's like I'm sorry and I laughed because almost everyone was like oh my gosh you don't <laughs> even know we've all cried on here <laughs> like it was yeah. so funny like multiple girls were like oh no no you think you're the first one to do this <laughs> like so it just made me laugh that night because I'm a crier like my husband me too like oh if you can't cry Taryn will cry for you like <laughs> like she'll she'll get emotional for you and so it's interesting like I love that there's that feeling of like safeness Like Mm -hmm. this is where you don't need to be polished and perfect. And because in business, we don't always want to share that stuff with other people or with our our main audience or our customers. So it's nice when you have people. And I feel that way in the group too. Like I'm able to be real with you guys. And like, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I also love it because you're the times you're meeting are mom friendly times. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. And we get a lot of really cute guest stars. Like, yes, I feel Mm -hmm. like we had like one of our members, Snia, her little girl, I'm like, wow, like she's gotten so big. Like she's over one now. And I'm like, when she started, she was so tiny and she'd like mm-hmm. show up on a zoom call with her. And then the other day she did. And our um, other member, Tiffany, like her little girl, Laurel was on there. I'm like, this is so cool. Cause we, a lot of the women in there are moms working on their businesses and trying to mm-hmm. scale them and grow them. And so it's, yeah. it's cool. Cause I, I have that at home too. And so it's nice to mm-hmm. feel like everyone gets it. They yes. understand. Yes, Totally. Well, Taryn, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey into motherhood and how that ties into your career. I hope this, and I know this will be very inspiring for other creatives and moms and entrepreneurs out there. So thank you. Thank you so much. I just, I hope it serves as just a reminder, like whatever you need in different seasons, whether you're planning a family now, or you're working on a business or you're in the new stages and the trenches Mm -hmm. of motherhood, ask for what you need carve out boundaries, find your people, all of those things, like just honor what you need in those seasons. Absolutely. Where can people find you? Um, I am always hanging out over on Instagram. (laughs) Um, So that's at one crafty miss blog is my Instagram handle. Um, I'm over on my website too. And there's a ton of great blog posts on there. There's some new content that's actually going to be coming in the fall. Um, So that's onecraftymiss.com. But yeah, I would love if someone out there has a question or feels like they are alone in that motherhood journey or that infertility journey. And that resonates like, don't be a stranger. I say that a hundred percent genuine. If you want to shoot a DM or email, like I love having those conversations because I remember what it was like during that season and, and that feeling of loneliness. That's amazing. And I can advocate for her. She will chat with you on DMs <laughs> very seriously. I very much. Yeah. <laughs> I'll also send memes and emojis and all the things. Like. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Taryn. This was such a great conversation. Thank you.